Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of UVC Chronicles an initiative of the UVC Graduates Association I am Prajwal KP from second year CSC and I will be the host for this podcast I would like to begin this show by mentioning a wonderful quote and it goes like this Science doesn't care by and large what the answers are it's only interested in getting the answer right and journalism should be very much that way by quoting this famous quote by scott pelly i would like to welcome the guest for today's podcast aspurti raman a freelance science journalist from the batch of 2009 computer science and engineering branch uh, our audience would like to hear an introduction from you yourself uh, will you please go ahead and uh, tell us more about yourself yeah thanks prajwal thanks for having me today and uh, I think you began the whole episode with a very wonderful quote and that kind of underlies what I do and what most science journalists in the world do. So yeah, um to introduce myself, I am a science journalist. Uh, I am based in Toronto, Canada at the moment. Um and um before I went freelance, which was in April 2021, um I was the managing editor for a science news portal called Research Matters. um where we used to cover pretty much all the science breakthroughs and science happenings from india um i worked for research matters for about 5 years um i initially joined um uh, a proto research matters where we hadn't really founded research matters at that that, that point in time as a writer um as a science writer and um once we did put research matters in place um i was the managing editor and had been since then uh, until recently so um uh yeah so uh, that's been you know a summary of where i stand today and uh during this time at research matters i've had the immense opportunity as well as privilege of meeting some really dignified scientists academicians um and also philosophers of science um i've been um representing my organization as well as myself and my thoughts in various different fora um have been privileged enough to one win a few awards um national i mean not national really international awards uh but uh yeah what's important was also that this journey has kind of uh, given me a voice uh in the um uh the broader sense of science and science communication and public understanding of science so uh that's pretty much uh, what i've been doing but yeah we will get to what i was before this avatar of mine oh that was very great to hear about you uh being a managing director at uh, research matters is not a small thing and even bagging many international awards is is such an amazing thing uh, to have oh uh, yeah and could you please uh, share about uh, how has your uh, journey been uh, you know uh, from doing an uh, engineering in uvc uh, to being a science journalist today how was your whole journey yeah so it's a bit unconventional i would say because as engineers i think um, so me getting into engineering was in itself not my first choice i wanted to desperately be a doctor 
uh, and things didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, so I ended up choosing UEC. And at that point in time, um, I think it was true for a lot of us where um, either medicine or engineering was kind of the choice presented to us. And much of other basic sciences was not something that um, you know, uh, was was portrayed enough or was communicated about enough. Um, so yeah, one of those many, many people in the country uh, at that point in time who had just two choices. So when my first choice did not work, I thought, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I'll take this up. And then I joined UVC in 20, uh, 2005, um, graduated out of UVC, as you mentioned, in 2009. Uh, with a bachelor's in computer science and engineering. And um, at that point, I, again, uh, UVC, I think even it still does even today, where we have good number of placement opportunities for students. So yeah, uh, I was no exception. I got placed in a couple of companies. But then there was always this feeling of not having done enough. So I chose to do my master's. I went to IIIT Bangalore, the International Institute of Information Technology, Bangalore, um, to do my master's. Uh, graduated out of IIIT um, in 2011 with a master's in databases and information systems. Um, at that point in time, I do remember very well the whole, you know, big data, the revolution behind that, uh, machine learning, and all that was just kind of taking shape. Um, I had also done this course on Coursera wasn't there. So it was Stanford University and Ning, who was a big name and who is still a big name in uh, big data so uh, and machine learning. So it was just like this initial start of this whole revolution that we are seeing today, which is so commonplace. Um, so it was exciting. Um, I also had the opportunity of having a fellowship from Infosys during my master's. So um, I went to the Infosys Set Labs, uh, got exposed to the, the research environment per se uh, in a technical area because as engineers, we are mostly doing applied sciences. Um, there isn't so much of basic research. So working with Set Labs for six months during my master's internship kind of, you know, uh, showed me some, some glimpse of what happens in the corporate culture. Um, and then um, at the end of my master's, I got placed at Cisco Systems uh, in Bangalore. So I had the opportunity of working for Cisco for about three years, uh, from 2011 to 2004 years, yeah. So 2011 to 2015. Um, during this time, I was working with Cisco IT. So Cisco has different branches and since I had my master's in IT. I was working with Cisco IT. Um, it was a good run there as well. Uh, I had the opportunity to kind of not only know what Cisco does in India, but also uh, what it does in the US. I had the opportunity to visit the headquarters twice uh, during my time there and got to know, you know, what is the complete um, corporate uh, like organization of that scale because Cisco is one of if not the biggest, it's one of the biggest product companies that you see around in Bangalore at the moment, I suppose. So, yeah, so that gave a good glimpse of how corporate things work. So, and then there was a point where I was like, I thought, you know, this probably isn't for me because um, I started to realize some of, um, you know, the boundaries, which is hard to transcend and move beyond. Uh, and I always found writing very uh, exciting. I was, I used to be 
you know, working as editors for different student magazines. Also at UEC, there used to be the student magazine um, called something with P. I, I'm trying hard to recollect the name, but it was around when Venugopal Sir was the head of the Department of Computer Science. So I had worked on that for about two to three years, um, you know, during various stages there. Uh, and I also had a had a love for languages. So uh, with UEC, um, just across the road, uh, we have Central College, a beautiful campus. I always love to hang out, hang out there. And uh, just opposite, you know, Central College, there is this Department of Foreign Language Studies. So I had the opportunity to to study German for about two years there. And then had a fellowship to go to Germany for a month. And I'm definitely very, uh, you know, uh, thankful for UEC at that point in time to have made this accommodation in my schedule where I could skip college for a month, go and pursue my German studies and then come back and take it up from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, the management and the, you know, teachers and professors out there supported me during that time. And all these in bits and pieces started uh, to come together you know, to kind of help me write a little more, think a more, think a little critically and all that. So that I would see was my seed to, to my uh, journey into writing. I mean, it could be anything, but then I, I just realized my love for writing, love for languages, love for reading and stuff like that. So yeah, from there, um, also on a personal side, I got married in 2015. Uh, I moved to South Africa. And um, South Africa is a place where the visa and other things don't really work out the way we would like. So I was at home and uh, I had a good work experience and I was also on a sabbatical. So Cisco was also generous and they had, uh, you know, given me the choice of working from there, being on a sabbatical and then seeing how things work out and all that. So I did take the time. I figured out what I wanted to do and I realized, you know, writing and writing about science because I loved science anyway uh, was something I wanted to do. So I picked it up from there. So there was this um, uh, initiative at IISC uh, called the Institute of, the Indian Institute of Science and it was called the Science Media Center at IISC uh, where they would you know write small uh, one-page press release talking about some paper published out of IISC. Uh, so I just joined that initiative as a writer and this was run by a company or a organization called Gubi Labs and then we thought okay why should we limit ourselves to IISC um, we founded Research Matters, as I put it, uh, and then um, in 2016, uh, a bunch of, you know, a couple of us came together to be on the editorial uh, side of Research Matters. And since then, I have been, I had uh, handled the role of uh, the managing editor, uh, working with a lot of editors we hired over time, working with about 50 plus writers who were contributing for Research Matters. Um, I myself uh, individually got an opportunity to do a lot of science writing, uh, do a lot of science reporting, uh, talking about breakthrough, uh, you know, science uh, that is coming out of India because our focus was specifically Indian institutes. Uh, and then I also got a lot of opportunities to interview different people uh, in science, like uh, I've had the opportunity to interview Nobel laureates, I've had the opportunity to interact with a few um, uh, opportunity to interact and interview people uh, like one of the most 
celebrated scientists in India. And um, yeah, and then of course, the groundwork, people who do the groundwork, right? Like uh, every other uh, scientist that who is in their research labs doing whatever they do. Um, the overarching aim of all this was for me to communicate what happens in the four walls of these labs because public don't often get to hear what it is and like you mentioned in the introduction um, it is important for what uh, it is important for the public to know what's happening because we are paying for it it is taxpayers money going to all these organizations including UBC for that matter and uh, it is our prerogative to tell the public what is happening and that's my you know uh, been a motivating drive for me to kind of pursue this uh, did that for five years and here we are and since I moved my um, you know base from Bangalore all the way to Canada um, I've also kind of you know expanded who I write for um, the institutes that I write for and I thought freelancing was the next step so to say so Yes, that's what I've been doing. So it's a long story, but it's a nice story, I thought. Oh, yeah. Uh, being a doctor was your choice, uh, but I'm very happy that you are a science journalist today. And moreover, uh, you're working on something you love. That's that's the most important thing in your life. Absolutely. So many certifications in Coursera, so many of working places. Oh, it, I think uh, it demands a great amount of dedication and uh, interest towards learning uh, all i could say is that was quite a journey and it really is thank you and uh, moving next uh, what what are you currently working on uh, would you like to share uh, some of the experiences which are very interesting uh, we would be very curious to know about that sure um yeah five years is a long time in terms of accumulating experiences i'm sure and um, definitely like you just said um, I don't know how much of dedication but there is definitely a lot of curiosity that drives my work um, so any small thing like you know from a from a basic post-it note there's a lot of science behind it there's a lot of science behind what really gets your uh, glue to really stick onto surfaces and how that can revolutionize something very big Right. So uh, and if you look at the chemi chemistry of the glue, there is a lot of things about what different um, catalysts that goes, you know, uh, in this reactions to get you the glue the way you want it. And how those post-it notes, if you have observed, behave very differently when you flip it or when you peel it vertically or horizontally. So all these are small things that that are driven by curiosity to understand them. And if you or for any journalist or a writer, it's definitely um, a big, big motive behind what we do. Uh, so uh, in right now, I'm kind of working on two books. Um, one of them is, is something that I've already finished, you know, completing my, my part of the work. Um, so it's under publication at the moment. So this is basically for kids. It's an illustrative book talking about what India has achieved so far when it comes to the space missions and where we want to go. Um, it was thought that kids would be interested in knowing and many books that is on the shelf today uh, are you know, very, very focused on NASA and the European Science Agency and things like that. But in India, um, the communication that we have uh, with, with what India has been doing is, is not 
as much as it should be. So this book tries to address that in some sense. Uh, another book that I'm writing is is basically co-authoring with another well-known scientist from India who is working uh, with CERN. And um, this book is basically chronicling um, journeys of different scientists who are working in India and doing really pioneering research. So I don't want to delve into a lot of what that book is, but this is the gist of it. Uh, so these two books are kind of taking a lot of my time at the moment. But apart from this, of course, I'm on the lookout for stories and uh, uh, in and I periodically write for Deccan Herald, um, which is a publication obviously everybody knows about it published in Bangalore and I have a good relationship with the editor there and I keep writing about uh, stories that are related to the environment to to the to the dynamics between science and society and why it is important for the society to appreciate science and for science to appreciate society because both of them in my opinion need to work with each other and not against each other uh, you know, and it also not for each other. They have to work with each other. So um, I'm basically highlighting some of those stories there. And recently I've also published my, uh, you know, a dream publication called Science Magazine from uh, published in the US, but it's a very well read magazine. So I had a story out there as well in, in the month of March. Um, my first freelance contribution, so to say. So, yeah, so keeping myself busy with these things at the moment and interesting experiences, uh, quite a few. Um, one, as I said, I have um, had the experience to talk to a few Nobel, Nobel laureates. Not that I regard them any special than others, but it's it's just an you know opportunity to kind of know where their you know uh, journey has come from and what they do and things like that um, and i've also had the opportunity to visit the rashtrapati bhavan and kind of see uh, the big edifice of our democracy quite closely because of my work because during one of my uh, in you know of the many projects that i've been a part of one of that was to highlight indian science and indian scientists uh, for during this um, during an event that the Nobel Prize organization conducts. And uh, during that time, uh, we were putting up a exhibition at the Rashtrapati Bhavan, and I had the opportunity to kind of visit the building, uh, her home in the corridors, and probably have a chance to kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, to see what the president of the country does, maybe. <laughs> and that is a place in the Rashtrapati Bhavan where not a lot of people can go. So. I've had the, that ex kind of experiences and interestingly what 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 I believe is an experience that is something that I wouldn't have got uh, being in the engineering you know uh, ivory tower is is to know how difficult it is to do in science when your resources and your infrastructure is very constrained um, because in India in many institutes it is a problem I remember even in UVC for example I don't know how things have come far now but uh, during our time it used to be so hard to do experiments in the laboratories we wouldn't have we wouldn't have ICs we wouldn't have you know the necessary transistors or uh, wires for all you know right so we had to like run up to SP road I still remember we go to SP road get all the electronics that we needed for different experiments and then come back and do that in the lab and 
I hope it's changed, but I'm not surprised if it isn't. Uh, so yeah, so these are resource-starved constraints that we all work with. Um, and the good thing with engineering is after four years, you definitely have a job at hand. You move to a better state of life in some sense. Uh, but with academia, with pure science research, that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of people who undergo a lot of hardships even when they are doing their PhD, even after post, you know, post PhD uh, period. Um, it's hard to get jobs despite you achieving the highest degrees ever possible. Um, and it also gives you or shows you the perspective of how uh, different people from diverse backgrounds, diverse social and economic backgrounds come together into academia and how each of them fare in academia. Um, for us, we think mostly that this is a very level playing field, but it's not. And these are subtle differences that I got to know once I came out of the ivory tower uh, that, that the engineering degree kind of placed me in. So these are interesting experiences I think will stick on to me for life, whether I do science journalism or something else. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish you all the best uh, for your uh, new book, which you are presently working on and uh, the many more books to come. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the kids would be uh, very interested in which you are working presently, uh, that illustration one. Uh, it is very clear and uh, as simple as that. Uh, curiosity drives us. Uh, anything which is curiosity driven uh, will never get bored. Uh, and then one more thing to add on uh, and what you said with limited uh, resources and infrastructure achieving big is an amazing thing and that that needs to be highlighted as well because that is what serves as motivation for a few people i suppose and uh, also kind of you know gives a perspective of what people can do if they if there is means to do it uh, or if they have the motivation to do it and the struggle to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, not many gets an easy chance uh, to visit Rashtrapati Bhavan as well. Uh, so you have had uh, very nice and beautiful experiences so far. Uh, I wish it continues in your uh, coming days as well. Thank you so much. Uh, coming to the last part of uh, the podcast. What are the suggestions and tips do you have for people who want to explore the field of science journalism? Actually, what is a good place for them to start? Yeah, so um, in the broader context, definitely science journalism is something that India requires at the moment. In fact, the world requires at the moment. Um, some countries have had a mature uh, uh, you know, environment where they have nurtured science journalism for a lot, long time. So those countries could probably manage a little better when it comes to, you know, communicating science, communicating different aspects of science, etc. Uh, in countries like India, where this field is not as well established, journalism, of course, is quite established, but communicating science and science journalism perspective, you know, from, from that perspective, it's, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, so, I think um, if any of you have a flair for writing and have curiosity in your mind, it doesn't matter what degree you have or whether you have you come here from a master's and a lot of experience or if you're just, you know, doing your studies, you can still start it off. So when you have that curiosity and if you can tell a story, uh, it could be 
any story. It could be a story of the science, it could be a story of the scientist behind it, or it could be a story of a beneficiary of that science. So if you are able to spot those stories and tell them to an audience, there is always an audience to listen and, you know, raise up their ears and kind of read it or listen to it or whatever. Um, so the first place I would say is read as much as you can. Um, there are some really good publications uh, internationally as well as nationally. For example, in India, uh, right now you have, of course, you have Research Matters. I'm definitely going to be an ambassador there, uh, although I don't work there anymore. Um, then you have uh, uh, out, you know, outlets like the Print Science, the Wire Science, Deccan Herald Science. And uh, I think Indian Express may have a few, I'm not really sure. So you have uh, some science sections really well covered in some media, not all of them, unfortunately, uh, but some me uh, media houses and mainstream media do have very good science sections. So you can start from there. Uh, most of it is free, so you can you know read from there. And if you are able to have the means to read, uh, definitely international publications like the New York Times Science, uh, Nat Geo Science, Scientific American or New Scientist, you know, a bunch of them. The Guardian is free and the Guardian has a very good science section as well. So, uh, you know, keep an eye. And of course, I'm just quoting examples from the West. But of course, there are a lot of such initiatives from the East as well. Uh, South China Morning Post is one, for example does cover a lot of science as well so we have seen with the pandemic what happens when pe people don't really you know appreciate or understand science there's a lot of uh, scope for misinformation there's a lot of scope for believing something so blindly without any scientific rigor to it uh, or you know some of the quote-unquote snake oil cures that were propagated during the pandemic People did take them and then they had more trouble. Uh, so we've seen that quite evidently. And this is not a problem just with India. Uh, a lot of other countries across the world have also go gone through this. And then uh, there is, of course, vaccine um, skepticism, climate change denial and all that that, uh, that are like, you know, offshoots of what happens when the public and science don't get along together. So I would say read uh, and understand the context and the broader uh, uh, need and, you know, the, the canvas for painting your story is quite huge. So you may want to just pick up where you want to start. Some people um, start with writing. Some people get into podcasting if they're very, you know, uh, happy to do it and they have a flair and the means to do it. Um, some people start off with visual journalism, which again is, you know, with all this TikTok and YouTube and uh, Instagram and things like that, a lot of people are trying to bring stories through the visual medium. It could be photographs, it could be videos, etc. So you can pick your medium as well. Uh, but all of that will have to start with, you know, what is the story that you want to tell and how you want to tell it and uh, once you have identified those there are small courses if you want to you know do it there are a few online there are a few that you know even i conduct or not on a personal level but uh, in association with a few things so you can just follow um, like social media uh, uh, to get some inputs around this as to where the courses are happening. Uh, one of the organizations that does conduct is NCBS in Bangalore. And then there is um, Cyrio, which is a private 
you know organization which does this and a lot of universities have taken it upon themselves to train their students in science communication and science writing so i'm not sure if that has penetrated enough into bangalore university or uvc but there are universities that do it um so there are also courses that universities offer with science writing at the moment last uh, semester i was teaching at iser mohali about this so um there are you know good waves of change i would say because when i started i didn't even know this was even a career option i mean nobody told me and i didn't see many science journalists at all so it's a good good field but i do want to tell people about one thing that uh, while it shows you it it definitely satisfies your curiosity if you are a curious being because there are hundred different things to write about hundred different things to know hundred different people to talk to uh, it gives you different perspectives and all that that's all great but um considering many of the aspirations of you know engineers is to get into this uh top level it companies or uh, get get this whatever high bracket salaries and all that science journalism doesn't pay you so much it's not a corporate job it's not something that will put a lot of money into your pocket this is a very very lousy paying job um the reason we are trying to change that we are trying to be open about it and of course nobody pays us to write uh bashing up something or you know praising something so this is just all a part of work uh but while that is true we also want to kind of make sure that people are paid paid fairly for their work so that's something that we are trying to bring a voice to uh but that said uh do not expect to have as much as what corporate jobs pay uh but that's a part of the work but for me being here for so long has been very very rewarding um and that's one reason i haven't really gone back into programming coding or the corporate world so hopefully we'll stay here let's see uh finally i could conclude that read a lot uh know how the things work so if you are curious enough and if you love writing uh then science journalism is uh, your cup of tea oh uh, it was so clear and was very well said uh love what you do and choose what you love it's the most important key for being successful in any of the fields absolutely or uh, to keep it short the session was uh, so informative and was very interesting or uh, thank you very much for being here and for uh, spending your uh, valuable time for us or uh, it was a great pleasure having you here we'll surely try to inculcate uh, most of the values which you have shared to us through your experiences and finally i would thank all the audience out there listening to this podcast Uh, stay tuned to UVC Chronicles for more and more inspiring stories to come. Uh, by saying this, I'm signing off here. Thank you. <laughs>